Welcome to the Mission Matters podcast, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old-plus mission that is St. Louis U, brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. Welcome back to Mission Matters. I am pleased to be here today with Danielle Lee, Vice President for the General Counsel's Office, and Bill Kaufman, who is currently Secretary of the University, Senior Legal Counsel, but formerly Vice President, General Counsel, and Secretary. So Danielle and Bill, welcome to Mission Matters. It's good to have you here today. Thank you, Virginia. So recognizing that much of your work cannot be discussed, one of the reasons we wanted to bring you into this podcast was to just talk a little bit about what happens in the office of the general counsel. What is its connection to mission? How did each of the two of you get into it? Give us just a little bit of background on yourselves and on your work. Well, I'm very fortunate in the sense that in terms of college and university attorneys, I really got in on the ground level. So it was really right after I came out of law school that I went to work for a higher education institution in Pennsylvania. And almost immediately thereafter, Three regional attorneys were created, positions created in the office of the attorney general in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to essentially ride the circuit among the then, I think, 14 state colleges. That really was a wonderful opportunity for me to get into the business. And uh, it really has been a spectacular career. I mean, I'm now at my 50th year in representing colleges and universities. Um, There was a period then after that that I was in Kansas for 10 years in University of Alaska. And then finally, more recently, 27 years here at St. Louis University. It has, for me, it has really been a life's work of doing what I really enjoy. And that's, that's providing service to tomorrow's generation, if you will, in terms of the education of our students, in terms of the research, and particularly in the case of SLU, in terms of the medical work that, that we happen to do. Fabulous. Thank you. Danielle, how about you? Well, I took a much different path. Um, I was in general litigation before coming to SLU and not being a part of a family of lawyers, I honestly didn't even know that higher education law was a defined space within the legal profession. And so it wasn't until I worked with a colleague at the law firm and then she went in-house down the street where, you know, I, I started asking questions and wanted to know more and looked like that was, you know, just the best job ever. And uh, thankfully, she introduced me to Bill Kaufman and made that opportunity, you know, for conversation and to learn more. And there happened to be a position available. So, um, you know, I'm grateful to Bill for the opportunity and the introduction, not just to higher ed, but also to the community that is higher ed. NACUA is our National Association of College and University Attorneys, and just an amazing space where people are very generous with their experiences and with their thoughts and recommendations as to how to you know, approach a situation, and just really welcoming and warm and sharing with their expertise. And it's been a wonderful community in that regard as well. So does every college and university have an office of the general counsel or do some of them just have like a single lawyer or some none at all? We have a great group of AJCU colleagues. We're actually been meeting monthly throughout the pandemic via Zoom. 
And I would say more of those offices are an office of one. And it's, it's a little bit more rare, you know, when they have more structured office with, you know, multiple people in there. Sometimes it's one or two people, one, two or three. We've really been lucky in part because of the support that we have to provide or that we do provide to the medical enterprise that we have a larger complement of attorneys uh, here at St. Louis University. The role of counsel in colleges and universities, I mean, that, uh, Danielle mentioned NACUA, the National Association of College University Attorneys, actually began in 1962 when about 12 lawyers who were represented largely either Big Ten or Ivy schools got together and talked about what they do. And in many respects, the number of people that formed the organization sort of represented the role of attorneys in the university at that time. And because of really the transformation of higher education in this country, the increasing legalization of a lot of the issues with which we deal, particularly compliance issues and the like, employment law, the practice has really grown. I'm not sure the current count of NACU institutions, I would say it's roughly 900 institutions are part of NACUA, and the attorney count is probably, and I'm guessing I haven't looked recently, approximates 5,000 attorneys. Many of those attorneys are in outside firms. So back to your question, I would say that most of the larger universities, in fact, have an office of the general counsel, uh, which includes anywhere from one attorney to a dozen, two dozen attorneys, depending upon the size of the institution. Similarly, in some institutions still do it the old-fashioned way, if you will, and that is to go to outside counsel, a law firm in town that, that might represent them. They more typically probably are the smaller campuses, and then there probably are some out there that call the attorney only when they get served with the lawsuit. Sure. <laughs> so how big is the office right now? What do we have, six, six total? It was at one time, I think, up to eight. But because of some budget adjustments and the like, we were encouraged to streamline our operations. So, okay, is there such a thing as a typical day? If there is something like a typical day, what would that look like in terms of what you can say to us, knowing that so much of what you do is confidential? And Danielle, I think you're the one that said to me once, if people at the university wonder what you do day in and day out, that's a good thing. That means you're doing your job quite well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Often um, people are excited to say, I, you know, I'm glad that I've never had to talk with you before, you know, something like that. But we are here to support uh, people in a variety of different, you know, ways. Obviously we'll support with contract review. You know, that's just some of the day-to-day functions of the office. We'll get involved in some bigger transactions, but then there's also the harder things where, you're talking about people and interactions and disputes and very often emotions that come with it and trying to help navigate some of those difficult situations for folks. And that's where typically people are looking at us and saying, I'm really glad that you're here, but I wish I didn't have to engage with the Office of the General Counsel because very often those are difficult situations for people. But um, I don't think there is a typical day. Bill, you, you, you always use the example of, was it aviation to zoning or? We do everything from admiralty to zoning. We have not had the admiralty case, but we could have. One of our faculty members were to drop something in the Mississippi River. Historically, yes. I've been there, certainly at the University of Alaska, where we had a research vessel on the high seas. Really? As well as its own rocket range that sent rockets up 100 miles 
to do high, high latitude testing. Quite literally everything from A to Z. Yes. One of the other elements for our particular office is that over the course of certainly my time here, we've not been limited, if you will, to just providing legal services to, to our institutional clients. So uh, at various times, and whether this is a good business practice or a good practice to follow or not sort of depends upon the circumstances. But uh, during, during my time here at St. Louis, I've had the pleasure to also oversee insurance and risk management, internal audit, the Department of Public Safety, institutional compliance, human resources, and of course, the, the current areas that, that we have within the sphere of the general counsel unit also include governmental relations and the Office of Institutional Diversity and Equity. Uh, so many of those areas logically can be said to relate, certainly relate to the law, but I would say that the range of things that we've had occasion to do periodically here in the office probably it exceeds that which most attorneys' offices do in higher education. And I'm guessing on any given day and any given week, there are things that literally come into your email or somebody walks through the door and all of a sudden all attention needs to go there. Just to sort of put it into context, try to visualize the organization of a university. Unlike corporations, pyramidal construction, we tend to be very flat. We do a lot of things in a university everything and the legal issues that arise constitute similarly relate to the breadth of that organization. So we have probably in hazardous materials in the art labs and that type of thing. We certainly have them in the School of Medicine. Um, where do we spend our money? Generally, a university spends 70, 75% of its budget on people. So it's natural to we're a very labor intensive business. And so you'd expect it a lot of our time would be directed at employment matters. Similarly, we also have almost 13,000 students on campus. They raise significant questions and challenges, both in terms of housing, accommodations, off-campus issues and the like. Um, then we also are a research-intensive institution that engages in really development of knowledge, if you will. So all of those things contribute to a very wide range of things. As one of my colleagues, once described the office of the general, general counsel, and it's like our organizational structure, we're a mile wide and inch deep. Oh, interesting. And, and actually one of the fundamental things that we get to talk about, and that is who is the client? And on any given matter, it may, in my best legal way, I say it depends. Our rules of professional conduct tell us that we represent the institution. However, an entity such as the institution can only act through the authorized acts of its representatives and agents. So at any given time, you may or may not be our client. It depends what the question is. And sometimes attorneys in the university get, get into a little trouble on, the, on this particular question because they overextend. Our client may be students engaging in some university activity. Our client may be faculty members who are working in the name of the university, the auspices of the university. At the same time, it may not be that faculty member. And even within terms of the senior administration, if someone were, not that it has happened, but sort of step out of line, well, they normally would be a client in that situation, they are not. So 
one of the typical conversations we have when someone walks in and the first thing they say is, it's great to see you, Bill. You're my lawyer, right? And the answer is, it depends. Depends what you're going to tell me. And please understand that the institution is the client. And what you tell me, I may have, to, I may have an obligation to go tell others. So that becomes one of the more, more challenging things. And it's certainly in my experience, it really is important to have the other thing that helps us to be successful. And that really is credibility and a good working relationship with the people with whom we serve. Such important distinctions and really helpful to hear. Thank you. Daniel, let me turn it to you. As the vice president now and trying to navigate all the waters that you are navigating in the office, is there a particular lens that you use to do your work? Is there a a most important tenet or value that is most important at this particular point in SLU's history for the life and health of its mission? So um, I would say that the Office of the General Counsel really looks to be strategic partners with university leadership. We're not often driving some of the strategic goals, but we want to support those and find a way to identify risk and then also mitigate risk and help to accomplish you know, those goals for the university that would then benefit our students, our faculty, and our staff. But often we are in a role where we're at the table, we're part of the conversation, we're not just giving sound legal advice, but can also give wise counsel and really be part of some of those conversations. But you asked about kind of what a guiding principle is. I think, you know, one of the things that I feel is really important to the work that we do in the Office of the General Counsel is is remembering that even though, you know, some of the legal issues might be really interesting or thorny or complex, at the end of the day, we're still working with people and the issues still relate to people, right? So really drawing on that empathy and and who we are as an institution, as men and women for and with others, that we remember that these are sensitive situations. And even though they're hard, ultimately people remember how they feel that they were treated. So they might not like the outcome. They may not agree with the recommendation. They might not agree with the final resolution. They might not like it, but they will remember how they feel that they were treated. And I do think that's something that we can bring to the conversation, that humanity that you know they don't necessarily teach in law school, but that I think is, is really important in our community. You're singing the mission song. I mean, that is Kara Personalis. Yeah, well, and there's there's some areas of what we do that I think we get the opportunity to live that out more frequently. So Bill mentioned that one of the offices that is within our division is the Office of Institutional Equity and Diversity. And so that office will take the Title IX complaints and any concerns on the employment side regarding discrimination and often when people, if they walk up or call or request a, a conversation with somebody in that office, you know, that's, that's a hard moment for a lot of people. And um, really being able to walk with them through that process, explain that process, be men and women with and for others in that moment. But even touching on, I think, some of the apostolic preferences, walking with the excluded, journeying with youth. I mean, we'll get students coming in um, to that office and really need a person that they can talk to in that moment, and then a person who will connect them with additional resources that they need to. And I think that is one of the spaces where we, we do have the opportunity to live the mission on a more regular daily basis. Danielle is so right. I mean, 
as I look toward my retirement here in another two months um, and looking back on my time at St. Louis University, I feel we in this office have been very fortunate first to be invited in to be business partners with the rest of the university. There are offices where the attorney is the lawyer and sits like the Maytag repair person waiting for the phone to ring. But actually the transition of bringing lawyers from just being lawyers to being business partners began in corporations before it did in higher education. Some universities that aren't there yet, but I count it as a real opportunity to be a part of the, of the senior team in terms of helping to make wise business decisions consistent with the mission of the university. Recognizing that when we do so, to be very careful to say, now, in terms of a legal issue, here is our advice. In terms of the business decision, this is what I think, but your opinions have the same value, maybe greater value than do mine. And yeah. so that's a difference. But that really has made this a very, very interesting job because we feel like we really are partners in the life of and the direction of the university. Well, the whole motivation behind me inviting the two of you to be on this podcast is because I think, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think the general public tends to perceive attorneys and anything in the realm of the legal as somewhat cold and scary. And because my office is right down the hall from the two of you, uh, it has become apparent to me just how human and personal your approach to your work is and how mission-driven it truly is. And I, I wanted to be able to give voice to that. That being said, how about if you speak to the question of what is the most rewarding aspect of the work or what is most motivational, most inspiring? I would say we're here at an institution that is more than 200 years old, right? And it's bigger than any one of us. And I think every time you walk up onto campus and you see the energy that the students bring and you see the community that exists here at SLU, you realize and you remember, you know, that this is bigger than any one of us. And that is really one of the things that motivated me, not just on a daily basis, but when I first came to work here, that excited me. In the legal practice and private practice, you know, a lot of the work is kind of arguing about, you know, money and who's going to pay what to whom. And, you know, here, I think we have an opportunity to impact policy. We have an opportunity to work with students. We typically will have a student in our office as an extern on a semester by semester basis. We get involved in issues that are impactful to whether it's students or the, the faculty that are doing the research or the medical work. And um, we really have an opportunity to partner with folks in a way that is meaningful. So I would say that that, in addition to just the people that we work with, you know, our team is just so wonderful and the campus community and leaders that we work with, both on student leadership and on the you know, executive staff side, that's what makes the job fun. It's not always easy. I mean, we deal with some really hard issues, right? But the people, I think, are the ones that keep, keep me coming back. My better metaphor would be graduation. I mean, in some ways, you know, we start with the opening convocation and four years later, maybe five years later, maybe even more, but really to see, see what that represents, the excitement in the students, 
excitement in the faculty, the faculty who come to graduation and participate in that ceremony for all, and for all the reasons that, that Danielle has said. You know, I'm a kid that grew up in the 60s and uh, those social causes and those doing those things for the benefit of people were really important to me. And, and I think that's what this opportunity, particularly at St. Particularly Louis University has, has provided for me. So before we just conclude here, is there anything we've missed that you want to make sure to say? So the larger SLU community has something to hear from your office? This past week, I was with some lifelong friends of mine who represent public institutions. And we had a conversation about the difference between being in a public institution and a private institution, and in my case, a private Jesuit Catholic university. And how does that impact what we do and how we do it? Having as one who spent just about half of his career representing public higher education systems and institutions, you know, for me, the SLU experience has been, been really above and beyond anything I could have imagined when I was there. And that is because here mission does matter and it is a mission related to doing the right thing, whether we invoke the name of God in, in that decision process or not. Nonetheless, you know, that is why we're here. In a public institution, I'm not going to dismiss their mission statements as not really of the same level, but sometimes the challenge of being able to work and get to the point of doing the right thing can be more challenging simply because people might say, you're violating my First Amendment rights or what have you. And, and for me, the great joy being a part of this institution with the Jesuit heritage specifically has really been to put me and, and the members of the team that Danielle now leads in the position. And I think every one of those people, they're here because of the mission of the university. And to real, really be able to bring that into the conversation about the legal advice and what the inst institution ought to do. And that's where we get to participate. Probably in any given issue, there are one, two, maybe three or more correct legal answers. But to be able to talk to the client about how those answers connect with the mission is something that makes this extraordinarily different experience than what many of our colleagues at other institutions have. And I think, Bill, you've lived that, especially in moments of crisis. Coming back to the mission after Michael Brown and Ferguson, I mean, that was really a driving motivation in a lot of the decisions. And, and you were with Fred in those moments and at the clock tower. And I would say even, you know, in terms of how we've responded to pandemic, we come back to mission. And that's driving a lot of our decisions and directions. Science also, obviously. But why are we making sure that we have, you know, the opportunities here for students and to be on campus and in community uh, with each other? And a lot of that comes back down to mission. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much for the conversation. Thank you for the time today, both Danielle and Bill. And I think just on a personal note, thank you for who you are. What you do, of course, but more importantly, who you are in the role that you hold. It matters. I am so proud that Danielle is the Vice President of General Counsel. This has been really the development, for me, a very important component, and I've been very lucky to be able to hire people who really have a passion for this institution. And as one thinks about his or her retirement, you know, they hope they leave something behind that's good. 
And uh, it's important for me to say how incredibly proud I am that Danielle aspired to be the general counsel and how proud I am that she was selected, although I didn't have a thing in it, that, that, that she was selected for this position because uh, uh, she really brings to it many of the skills that I probably do not even have that really, uh, I think, are going to serve this university so very well in the years to come. And Danielle, just like you said, what people remember is how they were treated and the relationship that occurred. It makes me feel very secure and grateful knowing that when they do walk through the office doors of the general counsel, knowing who they're going to meet. So thank you very much for your mission and your ministry here at SLU. Thank you. And for all those listening, don't forget to follow us on social media at SLU Jesuit Mission. And if you know of a colleague who's living the mission quietly but out loud and seems to be hidden in plain sight, contact us in the Office of Mission and Identities so we can spotlight the good work that they're doing. Until next time, let's remember, especially in this Ignatian year, we are one SLU where mission matters. You can engage the mission intentionally here at SLU and you can encounter it randomly. But good luck graduating without ever touching it in some way. God bless everyone.